Hey, welcome to another episode of Footnotes. Today, we're talking with Brian Murdaugh, a co-founder of a company called Fiveable here in town. They're a software development shop, but while we don't talk a lot about development, we do talk a lot about finding meaning in work and maybe doing things a different way than your industry would would maybe have uh, set as the convention. I think this is a, a great episode that talks a lot about how a person has just made conscious decisions to maybe go against the grain a little bit in their industry and live to tell about it. All this is next on Footnotes. Brian, thanks for uh, sitting down with us on, on Footnotes today. And you know, we got Brian Murdahl here, who's co-founder of Fiveable, um, a web development company here here in town. Um, why don't we start out with what's Fiveable and what are you, what are you doing? And then we'll get into what we really want to talk about. Right, right. Well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny because my team will tell you uh, both in sort of a really authentic in a torturous way <laughs> that I'm a quick start. And so I always want to razor everything down to, well, it's this. We're a development studio. We develop software, uh, most of it's web-based uh, business applications. The sort of this, the strange thing is that we aren't really a software company. Mm-hmm. We build software for other people. So that that's the that's sort of the key. Um, and there are a bunch of different ways that people um, look at building custom software businesses. But our focus is, look, You've got a, a business need, uh, a problem, an idea, a way to innovate. You have this idea around that. Um, maybe you don't have any sort of like technical or software experience. We can come in and do the rest of that step for you mm-hmm. based on your idea. That's kind of the the short-ish version. Yeah, sort of like you're building tools for people. That's you know, right. They can sort of imagine what it would be like, but they may not have the technical depth or expertise or, or want that. And they'll hire for it. Right. So, if I if I stitch together a series of conversations that you and I have had over yeah. over the the years, um, it it seems, and this is sort of strange, but it seems that you're a little at odds with your industry. Yeah. Why? Or where did that come from? I, I think it comes from a few different places. Um, the first bit of it, I think, is around our beginnings. Um, so, you know, I was, I had worked for a bunch of different startups. Um, I was in ministry for a while. I was doing a lot of different things. And what I realized is that most of the people that I have ever worked for um, didn't really do a good job of providing meaning in a meaningful place for me to work. Um, and I knew that I had some technical skills in the software arena. And um, I also saw a need for people to to be able to solve problems in a way that they didn't expect. Um, and early on, my, my business partner, who I've known for 30, I don't know, seven years, we met on the first day of third grade, um, he had no software background at all. He was kind of a media guy, was really good about details and an artist and he had some really good project management skills. He was actually coming straight out of civil engineering project management um, career. And about that first year, maybe the second year, I had come up with this completely made up stat that I threw on a piece of paper um, that I posted up on my wall. And it said 86% of people do things the hard way 
because they don't know the easy way exists. Okay. And there's sort of the maybe typical software guy, you know, IT nerd guy way of looking at that, which is like, well, there's a lot of people who are copying and pasting out of Excel spreadsheets and they're doing all this stuff that a computer can do, whatever. And, and that's certainly foundational to this idea of people doing things the hard way. But I think more often it's about looking at a process, a problem, a situation, a way to innovate from a different perspective and saying, have you ever thought about it this way? We happen to be a company that has some skill in software and that's how we apply. That's the tool that we apply to solve those problems mm -hmm. um, or, or create those solutions. But um, it, it's way more about the creative process. Uh, as I tell people, I tell clients all the time, well, all I do is draw boxes. <laughs> it's that box drawing activity and thinking your way around from a different perspective that I think really helps um, to differentiate us and the, the way that we do things. A lot of times that comes in the form of a question that I get all the time. Somebody somebody will, will say, oh, well, you know, we're looking at hiring a firm like yours to do some work, but can you tell us about the industries that you serve? And that's a really tough question for us because a lot of times when we enter an industry, we cross it off the list because we're so entrenched in that client's intellectual property and their processes and their trade secrets that it's almost like the, the ad agency that can't serve Coke and Pepsi. Like uh -huh. There's a conflict of interest to do that. Sure. But the, the industry that we serve to sound completely cheesy is really just innovation. What is it that you're doing that requires some other level of, even if it's not just the software, maybe it's not automating something, it's just, I need I need an easier way to collect this data, or I need an easier way to talk to another person, or I wanna get the dumb stuff out of the way. We're, we're really excited about those. I wanna get the dumb <laughs> stuff out of the way so I can spend more time with a human. Hmm. Meaning that that's my client, whoever it happens to be. Do, do you think that's the essence of sort of technology's job? Yeah, one of one of the sort of throwaway lines we use a lot is that we we want to help people stop computing and start being human because we do think that there's a lot of a lot of uh, effort spent on things that are kind of silly. Like I get that, and it's not about automating it for the you know the pure sake of automation. It's about how do I drive a more personal relationship with my product, with the service that I do. Why, why do you think that seems to be such an uphill battle in technology? Because I think to your point, you have companies that, you know, the product is the company, you know, and it's sort of like everything revolves around the product or the service that, that they're doing. It's not where, hey, we've developed this so that, it's more, we developed this, use it. I mean, right. what, why? Um, well, Back to your original question about being at odds is I think there's a couple different approaches where a traditional, you know, software development agency or even, you know, software engineering teams inside of big companies um, look at 
their software as um, a, a specification to deliver on. Mm -hmm. So someone says, I need it to do X, Y, and Z. And the engineers come in and they pull their pencils out and they draw, this is how we're gonna do X, this is how we're gonna do Y, and this is how we're gonna do Z. So there is a legacy of that process. Even if you, even if you apply new technologies and new methodologies and agile software development and all of the things that sort of are buzzy in the software world, even if you apply those to that same legacy approach of you asked for this output and you said you could give me this input, there's a black box, I'm gonna fill in the gaps and end the story. Mm. To look at things more holistically, to be more outcome-based, not at the digital level, but outcome-based at the organizational level, at the human level, is different. Different sometimes means expensive. It's, it's a little bit more difficult to um, apply a you know cookie cutter or even just proven process um, at every single step of the way when you might be reinventing your development delivery deployment process along the way as you're building, um, which really is good for a boutique firm because that means sure. that we're small and we can go, oh, last time we did it this way, this time the customer is different. So we're gonna change the way we do it. It can be more expensive to do it that way. That's the thing a lot, though, you know, that we see a lot. So, I mean, to your point about, you know, you see something that needs to change, you can change it. That's that's sort of the beauty of, of, a, of a more agile business, if you will. Um, Aren't businesses just supposed to grow and get bigger and do more stuff for more people? I mean, why is why are you choosing for Fiveable to zig when it seems that you know the business world, if you will, and that's a that's a broad term. The business world wants you to do the other thing. Honestly, it, to me, it just goes back to that original principle thesis of foundation, which is to provide somewhere that's meaningful. Mm -hmm. And the meaning that that I'm looking for, my business partner feels this way, we talk about it a lot, is to work somewhere where doing the work is frequently enjoyable. There's pains and there's plenty of stuff that's you know tough about doing business in general. Sure. But when the actual work is something that is enjoyable, and you say, this is gonna have a positive effect on the people that are using this system and our clients are gonna be happier because they've gotten something that's not a, you know, a giant screen full of inputs that's very, you know, engineery, we would say, mm -hmm. um, that it, there's just a lot more satisfaction in building those systems and being able to say, you know what, next time we'll do another project and it'll be different. Where does this desire to have meaning in your in your work come from? Where I mean, a lot of times I, I feel like there's a lot of companies that or, or business owners that that they want that they they want that maybe deeper level level of gratification um, in their business, but maybe they're not always able able to find that. How hard have you have you and your partner had to fight to to maintain that? So I think the quest for meaning starts by having worked in a 
large handful of places where either I was a tiny cog that didn't matter, mm. or when I worked on project after project after project that never saw the light of day. And both of those things are really demotivating. Mm. To be told, hey, we don't need you here, A, on one side, like that's not fun. Um, or, hey, that thing you worked so hard on delivered with really, you know, high excellence, turns out that's not what we needed at all. Yeah. Um, that happens a lot in in the software world, in the technology world, yeah. period. You have people who, you know, build something, go past prototype, and then fail or then have to pivot, and then so things get just scrapped. Um, and I think most of the people who work on our team find value in the way that we do things that way. It's a lot more motivating to have something meaningful that you say, no, you do matter here. In fact, if you leave, we might be in trouble. Mm. And the second part of that is, um, by the way, that thing you worked on, it there's a really, really, really strong possibility that it's going to actually see users, that users are going to say, this is a cool thing that that has made my life better. And I think those two reasons alone make make it worth it for me to keep driving towards, towards making it new, making it different, making it always um, be meaning-oriented. So how do you build a team? I mean, you have a business partner, you right. know, and, and so you guys are kind of at the, at the ownership and decision-making level, but how do you build a team? Again, if it seems like the industry is sort of going, you know, full bore in, in a different direction, frankly, than, than than you guys are doing, at least from a from a ethos standpoint, which is basically everything. Yeah. I mean, how do you hire? How do you find people that are technically adept? Because it seems like you you there's a technical aspect. It, it's either right or it's wrong, and you've got to have a skill set and, and be able to deploy that. But 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 where does that extra layer of I guess motivation or someone who's looking to find that that level of meaning, or is it is that something that you're finding a lot of people want? I think people want that meaning. One of the challenges that we see and that we see some people struggle with, um, especially in the past, is that working for a, an agency that is rooted in professional services rather than, oh, I work for a software company that's just building software and I'm doing that over and over again, um, is a completely different work style. So, you know, even, even in a, you know, really truly agile environment for a software company, like name one, like Spotify, I don't know, you, that what, what you wind up with is, oh yeah, I'm responsible for making sure that the payments work properly at the subscriptions in Spotify and I, I'm in that department. Maybe I get moved after a project finishes or something like that, but I walk in that office in the morning and I know that as a software developer, I'm going to work on that product. Mm -hmm. When you show up for work at Fiveable as a software developer, you might touch six projects in a day. And one of those projects may be one that you didn't write the code for. It might be a project that your owner wrote the code for nine years ago and you're having to pick up the pieces of something that doesn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. um, being able to switch gears where we 
sort of discourage what we would call clutch time internally of, of okay. changing gears and the thing, the bad things that happen around multitasking. Um, we, we do need the ability to switch in, in any given day to be able to work on things that are different. So you have to be in a different headspace. Um, the amount of time you spend on a problem or on a solution or whatever that happens to be that you're writing software against um, does need to be a lot more calculated. So estimates matter a lot more in our world than they would in you know, a, a major, big major software company. So that is, that is a particular challenge. Um, we have some internal, you know, razors that we use to, to see the kinds of people that work well. Um, they're usually not around, like, what's your background in software? What software companies have you worked for? That's usually not a really good indicator. A lot of times, believe it or not, um, musical ability is a, is a pretty good indicator. Why musical ability? Um, I think there are a lot of internal to the brain management, uh, whatever they are, triggers, mm -hmm. techniques um, that pair well between being able to work in a professional services industry and especially in a technical one um, and being able to manage, you know, listening to uh, the drummer in the band or being able to play an instrument with both hands and kind of engage all parts of sure. the brain to do things all at a time while you're thinking, while you're solving, while you're uh, real time responding to external, you know, stimuli. Um, I don't know. It happens to be a pretty common thread. <laughs> yeah. um, my business partner and I were both music people right. growing up and it felt like a good thing to sort of ask people as a personal question in an interview because it fits our culture well to be like oh yeah music's a big part of what we do here because we like to listen to music we mm -hmm. like to read books we like to mm -hmm. you know talk about nerdy movies and it what what um started to appear is this pattern of the people who we said oh it's okay it's not you don't have to play music to work here and that it, we're, we're a little bit less able to jump from one thing to the other like we needed well, and, and, and listen to you, I, you know, I don't want to sort of like blow glitter around the room, but it's almost like, you know, you, you're, maybe I'm getting this wrong, but I mean, you're, you're hiring, you're like, hey, we want the whole person to work here. You know, we, we, we need a skill set. There, there's some things that we need in terms of some training because you've got to have vocabulary. You've got to know, you know, speak our language and, and those kind of things. Right. But but it, it does sound like, you know, if, if if I take what you're saying with, you know, finding meaning in the work, um, there there's a desire for variety all around that meaning. You know, in other words, we want to do stuff that matters to someone that only we can we can do it. But you, it sounds like you're trying to engage the whole person. You know, you're not just engaging their resume. It's like we we realize that you're a person and that you are doing this work as well as interacting with the team. Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny because I probably wouldn't have used that phrasing, um, but it's it's true. I mean, one of the one of the things that I instantly think of when you say that is if you don't like what we're doing. Like if you don't like switching gears, if you don't like the kinds of projects that we work on, if you don't like starting from scratch every once in a while, if you don't like me or my business partner, 
Um, it's really gonna be hard to to work in, in our environment. Um, so yeah, the whole person is, and we get into like a, a lot of that just in the normal course of work. We we try to live like, in it, which is which is weird because now that we're a hundred percent remote, you know, two and a half years ago, all of us were in one building. And now we're in, I don't know, four states, three countries. Um, so it, it's a, it's been a challenge to maintain just getting each other. Sure. Um, we, we're still maintaining it, at least at some level, I hope. Yeah. Well, I guess the proof is in, in, in the revenue. I mean, in other words, you're, you're getting hired for, for work and, you know, you're you're making a livelihood from it, and, and the rest of your team, you know, is doing doing that as well. So, so the, the, a lot of the positives of that, and 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 the maybe the the positives are easy to see. What are if there are any drawbacks to sort of dis, you know making making an intentional decision to run a firm of of that type in that manner? Are there are there drawbacks? One of the things I think is it lengthens the sales cycle <laughs> a lot. So it's it's um it's almost like it's an acquired taste. Mm-hmm. Like once people see it, they say, "Yeah, this worked because this is a little bit diff- it's a little bit different your approach." The fact that um uh, and and I mentioned this before, but the fact that a lot of our value that we would put on the work we're doing, the, the software we build, great, the code, good, the design, great, sure, all of those things. But the reason that they're good is because we put so much value in our discovery process in asking all the right questions and spending days and weeks and sometimes even months on understanding what we're trying to accomplish before we start trying to accomplish it. Um, is tough for some people to swallow because they think, man, that sounds like a lot of work for me. And we warn people about that. that it's going to be more work for them up front. Um, and then the other thing is that um, people think, oh, well, I needed this yesterday. We're not good at, at I needed this yesterday. Uh, we're we're pretty quick and we're pretty agile, but the immediate there's, there's not a lot of instant gratification we can supply because we're going to start from scratch. Um, the, the other challenge is, you know, back to the team employment sort of vetting process, it's really long too. It takes a long time for us to figure out when it's time for a, a new team member, right? Because it's, it, it's a hard decision to make because of what comes next, which is, it takes us a very long time um, of having somebody work, working on the team to say, "Yeah, they can do this. They can do the thing this way." I mean, are people joining a company or are they joining a band? Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot like joining a band, probably. Um, and you know, one of the one of the things about that is that we have traditionally and to great success used internships as the way that we figure out our, you know, our talent pipeline. Um, Again, the pandemic sort of, sort of put a kink in that um, process. 
um, we're 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 working to get it to get it back to to its former state as closely as we could with doing remote internships and things, but they're harder. And are these um, undergraduate interns, or, or are they just? I mean, does that have anything to do with level of education as, or um, where they are in life? Very little to do with where they are educationally or in, where they are in their career, other than the the later that you are in either of those things, it's it's a lot harder to sort of shoulder being an intern. Um, gotcha. Yeah. I, we, From a prestige standpoint, in other words, you know. Sure. Yeah, yeah, prestige, yeah. Uh, income, whatever, whatever other things you you right. have to do. But we have had um, interns as young as seventeen, so in high school still, um, undergrad through all levels of undergrad, graduate, um, uh, veteran, sort of transition through federal programs and things like that, and um, generally. We feel like we get the best um, mutual benefit when they are early undergrad or that they have opted, like now a lot of people are, that they've spent the last, you know, four or five years coding. They graduated high school and maybe they're going to do something a little bit different than try to do comp sci or computer engineering or math or electrical engineering or something that we would hire into um, as a degree. And maybe they do like a, a short certificate program or a code school or, or maybe not even. Um, so we're, we're, we're not real snobby about how we, you know, intake interns because it's way more about your ability to think through the the kinds of projects and the kinds of problems that we tackle um, and the ability to go, oh yeah, this is something that I really enjoy working on. Okay, so usually interns are, are ways that you guys are, are finding talent and that's interesting that you're saying it's not necessarily as dependent on point in time with education or even, even sort of skill set. It's more of just someone who, you know, wants to throw in and seems to like what you guys are doing and is willing to, to learn and maybe be humble, not just in their attitude, but just even from maybe an experience standpoint, just being willing to sort of start small. Um, we cover a lot. I mean, it's just, it's it's a very interesting take on an industry that I think from the outside, a lot of people would say, you know, you're builders, you, you build something that doesn't exist. It's a tool, you know, you plug it in somewhere and then they use it to do whatever they're going to use it for. And it doesn't sound like you're shying away from that, but it's sort of one of those beauties of business ownership where for you and your partner, you want to run a business that does that, but in a different way and maybe with a different mindset. And I mean, maybe they are joining a band. Yeah. I think one one of the things that's interesting is for some reason we use um, construction analogies a lot. I think probably because mm-hmm. it's very tactile and people live in houses, so they kind of understand what what it took to go into that. Sure. And I think a lot of people in the general sort of general population would look at a software development company as being, you know, maybe the framing carpenter in the construction of the house. Like, okay. oh, there's code and that's part of this, and the frame goes up in the house. But the way we approach things is a lot more like we're the architect and we're the bank and we're the carpenters and we're the plumbers and we're the finishing carpenter. Like all of those steps are into one because 
when we get the idea of what we're trying to architect, what we're trying to build a solution around, really we're going to get through the entire process and not just deliver some code based on the fact that somebody said the code needs to do this. Well, it's cool to hear what you guys are doing. Um, but but even that, that you, again, are making these sort of conscious decisions to do it in the way that makes sense to you, you know, and that you 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 and your partner want to be true to yourselves first. You got to kind of, you know, look in the mirror on those things. And the fact that you've been able to build a business around it that not only supports you guys, but helps to support other people. Um, you know, we need that times a zillion, you know, I think. Um, not just around here, but but everywhere. And I think also a footnote in there among many is just that meaning does matter in your work. And that work is a place where you can find and create meaning. It's not just sort of a job or a, or a string of tasks, um, but that that has become important to you guys and that you've, you've fought for that. And uh, it's just cool to hear stories like that. Thank you. It's easy to talk about, but thank you for being willing to, to sit down and, and just to kind of lay it out that way. Yeah. Wish you guys the best. Thank you. I appreciate you having me.